All right, so let's learn. So, uh, I guess last week we didn't have a shear because of uh, the nine days in Tisha whatever, but um, we'll get back into the swing of things. So we were talking about, again, before last week, for a couple of weeks, we were talking about the, the sugya of how a person would be allowed, again, within Mitzvah's Benad Machavero, so how a person would be allowed to collect a collateral for a death, right? Which is called a mashkin in halacha. So we saw that there's an iser from the Torah to, to forcibly take a mashkin from a person that owes, that owes you money, from a loiva, in particular situations. So you can't go into his home, we, saw, we talked about that, or, or even uh, you, you might not be even allowed to take something off of his body, you know, even on the outside. Only Bezin can do that. So we saw certain limitations in terms of how to collect collateral. What we're going to learn tonight is certain objects that we might be limited in allowing, in, in, in being allowed to take as collateral. I mean, even, even in situations that you can theoretically take the collateral. Let's say you're, again, uh, uh, the, uh, be, uh, an officer of the court is collecting collateral from a person outside his home. So that's a scenario that, that, that would be permitted. What we're going to learn tonight that even if that's the case, not every object is allowed to be taken as collateral. So we're going to get the resolution. So in Marmokka number one, I have to apologize, by the way, going in. I, I, I was in a rush when I put this together, so I might be riddled with like, spelling mistakes. So just, you know, don't take it personally. Anyway, so uh, Marmokka number one is like this, to sort of introduce us to the topic. So it's a Pasuk in, in Parshish Kiseitze. Parshish Kiseitze, that's where all these, all these mitzvahs are, are found. So the Pasuk says like this, talking about just in general, it's, again, it's not talking about any more uh, about, you know, how you're allowed to collect collateral. Let's assume, you know, you're collecting the collateral in a permitted way. That's not the issue anymore. It says the Pasuk like this, Vim ish anihu, if the person that is the borrower is a poor person, and the object that you took as collateral which was okay to do. You did it in a permissible way, but lamaisa, it's an object that this person needs, that the life of the borrower needs it for his, uh, for his life. So the example the Pasuk uses is, is let's say it's a, uh, it's a blanket, and that's the only blanket he has for night, for nighttime, you know? So it says the Pasuk, then don't sleep overnight with holding the collateral, the object that he might need. The shach of the salma, so rather you should return the collateral to him during the daytime, before it gets before sunset, and he'll be able to lie down and go to sleep with the, with the blanket that you took as collateral. He'll bless you. And it'll be considered a, a righteous, uh, generous act on your part. So again, Maramukha number one is telling us this new idea that, Again, so we were talking about that even though we're limited in, in how we collect collateral, but assuming that it was collected in the right way, says the Pasuk a new idea. The, if the object that you took as collateral is something that the borrower needs to use, then you have to get, return it to him when he needs to use it, and then you can take it back after he's finished. So the, again, the example of the Pasuk is you took collateral, and, and it was like a blanket that the guy needs to use for the nighttime. Okay, so that means that you can hold it on to it during the day, return to him at night, and the next morning you'll take it back from him. That's the, that's the Pasuk. Rashi over there, Marmokin number two, Rashi explains, and it's based on the Gemara, but Rashi explains, Kivaya Shamash, that this Pasuk is talking about, and it's describing a scenario where the, where the, the lender has the obligation to return the collateral to him before nightfall. Because the Pasuk is assuming, and that's the case that it picks, the object that is the collateral that the borrower needs back is something that he needs for the nighttime, like a, like a blanket or something like that. But let's say the case was the opposite, where the object that you took as collateral was something that he needs during the day. So it's his uh, jacket or something that he needs during the day. So then it would be the reverse. You would be able to hold on to it at night, and you would return it to him in the morning. And says Rashi, that's not out of thin air. And the truth is, in Parshas Mishpatim, in Sefer Shemais, we have a similar Pasuk to Marmokka number one, but instead of it being a Pasuk telling you to return it before nightfall, it's a Pasuk that talks about returning it before sunrise. So again, it's just talking about another scenario. The object that, you've, that you took is something he needs during the day, so make sure to return it to him before sunrise. That's what the Pasuk says. Uh, over there it says before, before sunrise return it to him so that's the new idea that we're learning from this Pasuk 
that again, whatever collateral was taken, even if it was taken in a permissible way, if the, if the borrower needs it, if he's a poor person and he needs it, then during the time that he needs it, you have to make sure to, uh, to offer it and to, to give it back to him. And then you can take it back when he's done using it. That's the, that's the Chiddush, that's this Pasuk. This is recorded also in a Mishnah in Bab Metziah, Marmaki number three. So the Mishnah in Bab Metziah, Daf Kuf Yud Gilmamad Aleph, talks about these scenarios. It's talking about a case of where, let's say, a person takes collateral from a person and you take a, a pillow for collateral. Or another scenario, you took his plow as collateral. So says the Mishnah, if it's a poor person and he, and he needs these objects, so machzer is a kar then you should return the pillow at nighttime, for nighttime, that he should have it to go to bed. And the plow, you have to make sure to return by yom, during daytime when he would use it to work. So these are the, that's the example the Mishnah gives. Okay, fine, simple. So that's, new, that's, that's a new mitzvah that we were just introduced to. Fine, put that to the side. Another mitzvah. It says in Pasuk Maramukha number four, a new mitzvah, again, we, we talked about last time, li- limitations in terms of how you're allowed to take collateral. Now we're going to be introduced to limitations in what objects you're allowed to take. So it says the Pasuk like this, One is not allowed, so new prohibition says the Pasuk, one is not allowed to take as collateral a rechaim and rachav. Rechaim and rachav are different parts of a, of a mill, of like a hand mill that they used to use to like grind wheat. So the, the, the way it worked is that it had a bowl and it had like a base to it. Okay, that's just how these mills were made. So the, the top part, that's called rechaim. The base part, that's called rochav. So it says the Pasuk, lo yachbo rechaim v'rochav. Even if the guy's a wealthy person, you're not allowed to take as collateral his mill, that he has a little uh, grinder thing that he uses over there. Ki because that's called taking his soul as collateral. Ki So what does this mean? So loyachbo, that's interesting. We're gonna, we're, maybe we'll, I don't know if we'll have a chance to see that. Chavol over here, usually chavol means damages and, and da- you know, hurting someone or, or you know, uh, uh, an injury. But over here, the word chavol over here actually means to take collateral. And the, the, the concept, the, the, the inference being is that when you take collateral, you're, it's not an easy thing. <laughs> he's, not, he's not so happy about, about such a thing. But that's what the Lush and the Pasuk is. Loyachbo, rochaim, rochav. You're not allowed to take this mill as collateral because it's like taking his soul. So the meaning of this Pasuk, as it's interpreted by Chazal, as we'll see in the next Maramakim, is that this is introducing us to a new klal, a new yisait. Wealthy person, rich person, whatever it is, you're collecting collateral in a permitted way, but you're not allowed to take as collateral an object that's used for what's called oichel nefesh. Oichel nefesh is a term that we're more familiar with, with yantif. You're not allowed to do any malacha on Shabbos, but on yantif you're allowed to cook, and you're allowed to do things which are called oichel nefesh, things that you need for, I don't know how to translate, oichel nefesh, oichel is food for the soul, I mean, things that you need to sustain yourself, namely food and drink. So objects, kalim, vessels that are used for oichel nefesh, all those objects and vessels are, are off limits when it comes to taking a mashkin. The example the Pasig uses is a mill. That's the example. Personal items? Personal, well, it doesn't have to be necessarily, you know, it could be business, well, okay. Very good question, we're going to see about that soon. That's, that's a very good question. But the example the Pusik uses is certainly a, a very clear example of, of a vessel used for Eichel Nefesh. It's literally something that you use for cooking. So that, that, that for sure is. We're going to see how expansive it is in a moment. We'll see about that. That's the, that's the Pusik. Now in Maramukha number 5, the Mishnah Bamitzia sort of like makes the point of this. The Mishnah says, you have a, yeah, you want to get Elia? There you go. So, it says in Maramukha number five, new, introducing us to a new halacha in terms of that you're not allowed to take collateral, you're not allowed to take objects that are for oichel nefesh for collateral. So it says in the Mishnah, if a person takes this mill as collateral, so so you're violating this prohibition. It says the Mishnah, but you should know that this halacha does not only apply to a mill that the Pasuk gave as the example, El kol davrish oisim ba'yechol nefesh. means any object that's used for oichel nefesh purposes to sustain a person, for a person to be able to eat, so that is also off limits. Shenemar ki nefesh shuchayvel, because the Pasuk explains, you're not allowed to take the mill, why? Ki nefesh because it's the person's, uh, that's how he sustains his life, so you're not allowed to take that. That's the, that's the new, that's the Chiddush of the Gemara. Now, that's the Mishnah. Now, in Marmokah number six, this is where we're going to now 
connect us back to the other halacha that we mentioned of having to give back the mashkin to a person when he needs it. So says the Mish- says the Gemara like this. It's a Gemara about Mitzia Kufta Zayin Amidalef. V'tani Idach. We have a brisa that says the following case: Chaval Zug Shel Safarim, V'tzemed Shel Paris. Now this is the these are the words of the Gemara that we. This is our edition of the Gemara. The Gemara says if I took as a mashkin a pair of scissors that's used by a scribe, evidently one of the instruments that a person that was a scribe for his livelihood that he needed, so I guess he needed parchment and quill and ink, he also needed, needed scissors to cut, the, I guess, the parchment properly, whatever. So if you take those pair of scissors from him, you know, which means that now he can't work, so, or or I take the yoke, you know, if, let's say a person has a yoke that he uses for his animals to plow, and that's how he's able to make a livelihood because he rents out his, uh, his cows and so on in these plows, to make, a, to make a living, I take that as a mashkin. So, So says the Mishnah, you're certainly in, in a violation of this prohibition of taking things that are oichel nefesh. Says the Mbrisa further though, you might think that maybe you only get one malchus, one set of malchus, because I took one pair of scissors and one yoke. But says the, says the Brisa, no. The Pasuk enumerates specifically, don't take the top part of the mill and don't take the bottom part of the mill even though the top and the bottom part both come together as one vessel, but the Pasuk specifies all the different components. So it says the Gemara, Ma rechaim v'rochav, just like this two parts of the mill, Shein miyuchad and shnei kelim, which are two different distinct parts, v'oisim alacha achas, but they come together to do one job, v'chaiv al zebef ne'atzmai, v'al zebef ne'atzmai, and they're both specified in the Pasuk to tell you that you get malchus twice, one for the top part of the mill and one for the bottom part of the mill, even though usually for one Aver you get one set of lashes, but over here it's like two different components. You took the top part and the bottom part, even though the top and the bottom, each one on his own is not functional, you need them both together, but you're still obligated two times. Af kol devarim, so to all things, which are made of two parts, even though they both come together to do one thing, twice. so says the Brisa, if you therefore take a mashkin, of, from a scribe, a pair of scissors. So a pair of scissors is what? There's two pieces, uh, two blades connected to each other. If I take a yoke, so the yoke is also two pieces put together. Why is it two pieces put together? So that, so some are shown to say because it's the two cows being connected by the yoke, right? And the cows are the two components. Or other Rishonim say that within the yoke, it was made of two different parts. But in either case, there's two components being put together, so you'd be chayv twice. Now, okay, that's the brisa. Now, the assumption of this brisa is clear. That what? That by taking a mashkin of that pair of scissors from a scribe, or taking a mashkin of a yoke from a guy that's a farmer, so you're in violation of this prohibition of taking a mashkin of something that's oichel nefesh. That's the example. That's what it says. Now, the indication of being, why is that oichel nefesh? I'm not cooking with a pair of scissors. I'm not cooking with a yoke. The answer is, like you said, these is, this is how he makes his living. So it might not. So when we talk about oichel nefesh, there, what we see from this brisa would seem is that oichel nefesh, when it comes to this halacha, is much more expansive than bayantif, right? Bayantif, you can't go to work and claim, well, this is how I sustain myself, right? No, no. Over there, oichel nefesh means literally things that you know, uh, actually cooking an egg, you know, to make the money to buy the egg. That's not oichel nefesh. But over here, oichel nefesh is much more expansive. That's what it seems. Anything that that this guy needs in order to make a living to then have food to sustain himself, that's called Eichel Nefesh. So for a scribe, he needs his pair of scissors. For a farmer, he needs his yoke. If you take that away, then he can't make a living. And in fact, that's what Rashi says, Marmokka number seven. Rashi says, Misparayim shel Sfarim. That, again, that's Rashi, folk, you know, makes a point that this is the correct wording of the Gemara, a pair of scissors of a scribe. V'chein tzemet shel paris, and so to a yoke of oxen. Chavol beis paris charshais that you take two oxen which are made to plow and you connect them in smadan with a yoke, that's called vessels needed for sustaining life. Ah, you're not eating from it. Again, it means it's, it's to make a livelihood. Okay, that's the Gemara. Here's the problem, though. The problem is, is that if you remember in the beginning when we were introduced to another halacha, right, that if you take a mashkin in a permissible way, a permissible object, everything's fine, but if the guy is poor and he needs it, then you have to return it to him when he needs it, right? So if it's a pillow, you have to give it back to him when he needs it for a pillow. And says the Mishnah, and if it's a plow, 
you have to return it to him when he needs it for a plow. One second, a plow? I thought you're never allowed to take a plow. If he needs it for his parnasa to plow and to, and to make a living, then what is the Mishnah talking about? Right? Again, go back. Maramok number three. Again, said the Mishnah, if machzir is a if you have a pillow as a mashkin, as collateral, you have to make sure to return it at night. And if you have a plow as collateral, you have to make sure to return it to the guy by the day so he could uh, use it to make a living. So the question is, forget taking, how am I ever allowed to, how did I get the plow to begin with? I'm not, I thought, that, I thought, I thought oichel, things that are oichel nefesh are off limits bechlal. Again, that, that first halacha that we saw, that first mitzvah and that mission of a, of a pillow and a blanket, those are talking about objects that I'm allowed to take. It's just there's another limitation that if the guy needs it, when he needs it, I have to return it to him. But we were just introduced to a, to a separate halacha, which is that there are certain objects, rich or poor, that they're just off limits. And the objects that are off limits are what? Are things that are oichel nefesh. And the b'risa said to us, what's the example of things that are oichel nefesh that are off limits always? Like a pair of scissors of a scribe and a yoke of a plow. Because you need it to, to make a living. No. So how is that the example that the Mishnah gives of something that I have to make sure to return by the daytime? As if I'm allowed to have it at night. The Pasuk says, these things are off-limits b'chlal. I'm never allowed to take a plow as a, as a, as a mashkin. It's considered a keli of oichel nefesh. So that's the question that the Rishonim deal with. That's the question. So again, the, the, the Mishnah in Maramukha number three seem to, seem to indicate that you're allowed to take a plow as a collateral. You just have to make sure to return it to him when he needs it. But the Brisa in Maramukha number six seem to indicate that no, a plow is considered something of oichel nefesh, and it's always off-limits. So which one is it? That's the question. So, so to answer this question, we have a number of opinions in the Rishonim, and from there we'll be able to get a more clear understanding of this whole idea of not taking objects that are Eichel Nefesh. That's, so that's, the, that's the way we're going to go about doing this. So take a look at Maramok number 8. So Maramok number 8 is the first opinion, and that's the opinion of Taisus. Okay? Taisus asked the question, we'll see it together. Right? So he's referring back to Maramok number 3, that the Mishnah said you have to return the pillow at night, and return the plow during the day. So he asks Rabbeinu Tam, I don't get it. The Tanya B'Saif Pirkin, we have a Brisa later on in Bab Mitzia, Kuftah Zayin of the Beis, that was Maramok number 6, that Chaval Zog Shel Sepharim, that if you take a scissors, a pair of scissors from a scribe, the Tzemet Shel Paris, or a plow that a farmer needs to plow his field, a yoke that the farmer needs to plow his field, Chayiv Meshum Beis Kelim, that's prohibited from the Pasuk of taking objects of Eichel Nefesh as a mashkin. And Rashi said, what does it mean to plow over there? It means paras acharshas. It means a plow, a, a yoke that's used for cows that plow. The And if you take them, you're obligated, you're prohibited from doing that. Because it's used for the guys from just like the scribe and the farmer. So So how did you ever take the plow that now the Mishnah is saying, return it at night? You, you're never allowed to take it to begin with. The Tanyo Machser, that you have to give it back at night. And then you take it back during the day. Uh, the, uh, the, I'm sorry, that you have to return it during the day. So and then take it back at night. However, you're in violation of the prohibition of taking the objects of eichel nefesh. So what's the, what's the, what's it talking about? So I'll tell you outside what Rabbeinu Tam says. Rabbeinu Tam, because of this, rejects the entire notion of Rashi and says we have to rethink what eichel nefesh means. According to the simple reading of that b'risa and Rashi's interpretation, like I said, oichel nefesh in these halachas are much more expansive than yontif. Yontif is focused on objects used mamish for food. And over here, oichel nefesh means anything that's needed for parnasa. Says Rabbi Natam, incorrect. Incorrect. Oichel nefesh means, over here, just like it means by yontif. It means an object that's mamish used for cooking, for food itself. I, the b'risa said, that you're not allowed to take a pair of scissors from a scribe or a yoke for a plow because of Eichel Nefesh, says Rabbeinu Tam, you have to change the girsa. It's an incorrect wording of the b'risa. Rashi's wording, wordings are off. Says Rabbeinu Tam like this. Void the near l'chayev, says Rabbeinu Tam, therefore it, it, it seems to Rabbeinu Tam that the only prohibition of taking objects for Eichel Nefesh is davka domi It has to be mamish similar to the case of the mill that the Pasuk used, Shemesaktim ha'oichel atzmai bekli, which is involved with the food itself. Again, just like by Yantif. Lachin ha'farash ha'benetam, therefore ha'benetam says, Tzemed paris, when the Bryce has said that you're not allowed to take, ever, you're never allowed to take a yoke 
from the cow, it's not talking about how Rashi interpreted cows that are used to plow, because that's not, that's not hands-on with food. It's talking about cows that were used to thresh grain itself. Or there's other versions of this Rabbeinu Tam, plow, cows that are used to schlep the, the produce in the silo. They're, they're, but again, it's not just preparing the earth to the plant. We're talking about, you know, a, 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 you know some involved directly with the food itself. That's the type of, that, those are the cows that we're talking about. We're not talking about the average, the usual thing, when we think of a yoke, we're thinking of, of plowing a field. That's not the situation. It's about a guy that puts a yoke on his animals for the animals to go and, uh, and thresh the grain itself or to bring the grain into the silo. The garis of Benetams, that takes care of the case of the yoke. So it's, no, it's not talking about a plow. It's talking about a yoke that's used, that, that's involved in food itself. But you're right. But a plow itself, that's not a nefesh. That you'll be allowed to take. And the only limitation you would then have is if the person, mamish, needs it, then you have to return it to him when he needs it. That would be the halach over there. What about the pair of scissors? So far, everyone's following? We're good? Yeah? What about the pair of scissors? The garis Rabbeinu Tam Nami. So over there, Rabbeinu Tam also changes the wording. Zog shall not svarim. Not, you know, svarim, svarim is, a, is like a, for books and a scribe. That's not the wording. Zog shall misparim. A pair of scissors. <laughs> right. If you think about it, what's the word in Hebrew for scissors? Misparayim. The word zog just means a pair. If you go back to the Bryce in Marmokka number six, the way the wording of the Bryce is, according to Rashi, it, it's a little bit funny. The words are tani yidach again. The Bryce says, chavol, if you take as a mashkin, as collateral, zog shall svarim. If you translate the word literally, really what, it, what the words are, a pair of svarim. That's why Rashi in Marmokka number six has to translate, misparayim shall svarim. It means a pair of scissors for svarim. But this, it's a little bit funny. So it says Rabbeinu Tam, the answer why it's a little bit funny is because it's the wrong words. Instead of it being zog shel svarim, it should say zog shel misparayim, a pair of scissors. What are these scissors for? It's not for a scribe. It's for cutting carrots. It's for cutting lettuce. It's for cutting uh, a piece of chicken. I don't know. It's, it's, it's for food. It's for food. That's the case. It says Rabbeinu Tam, v'goros Rabbeinu Tam nami, so Rabbeinu Tam has a girsa, zog shel misparayim. V'legar sin and zog shel svarim, an early reason of Rabbeinu Chananel, he also had that, that addition. So what type of scissors are we talking about that you would be in violation of taking uh, something that's for Eichel Nefesh? It's a pair of scissors used for vegetables. Or maybe another scenario can be a pair of scissors that's used to cut the wool off of a sheep or hair off of a goat by the area that you're going to shecht to make it a little bit cleaner. But it's, again, it's a pair of scissors that's used for food. That's called Eichel Nefesh. So this is the Yisad of Rabbeinu Tam. So again, the, 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 the stira was, again, you have one b'risa that tells us that, it's, it's, one b'risa seems to be telling us that you're allowed to theoretically take, uh, again, one, one b'risa is telling us that a pair of, that a, that a plow is something that you have to make sure to return to the borrower if he needs it during the daytime. The indication being that it's a, something that you can take as a mashkin b'chal is just that if he needs it back, you have to return to him when he needs it. On the other hand, another b'risa said that a, a yoke is something that's considered eichel nefesh. So how do you make the... So, 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 so opinion number one, says Rabbeinu Tam, eichel nefesh means only an object that you're using for food itself. If it's just something for your parnasa, that's not eichel nefesh in this context. And therefore, a plow that's used, uh, a yoke that's used to plow a field, that you're allowed to take. You just have to, again, then you're just limited. You have to return it to him when the guy needs it. But if it's a, a yoke that's needed for cows and so on to actually thresh the food, that would be considered Eichel Nefesh. That's the Shita of Rabbeinu Tam. Okay. Uh, opinion number two. Marmokka number nine is the Ravid. The Ravid gives a different answer. The Ravid says, no, really Rashi's correct. Eichel Nefesh over here means expansive. It means anything the guy needs for his parnasa, that's called Eichel Nefesh. Aye, so what is the scenario that's talked about that you have to return the plow at night. You're never allowed to take the plow because the guy needs it for his parnasa. Says the Ravid, the Iqalamemer, so this is brought down a number of Yishan, but the Ravid's opinion is, you can say, that you're right, you're not allowed to take the plow. When the, when the, when the Mishnah said that if you have a plow as collateral, you have to return it during the day because the guy needs it, that's talking about when you violated the prohibition incorrectly, you were wrong. You violated the prohibition and you took the mashkin. 
you took the, the, the plow as a mashkin, even though you weren't allowed to. Says the Ravid, what the Mishnah is telling you, though, is that this entire prohibition of taking an object that's oichel nefesh as a mashkin, that's only lechatchila. But once you take it, now you have rights to it, just like any other collateral that you might have taken. So you're right, you're not allowed to take the, the plow as a collateral because it's something the guy needs for his parnasa. But in Ovar, but if you violated that prohibition and you took it anyway, so now, okay, now you actually have rights to it as a collateral, and now you're just limited, as you would be to any object that you have collateral, to return it to him when he actually needs it. But you're right, we're talking about a scenario that, that was not supposed to be done. Says the Rabbi Vikal and Neymar, you can say, that Hechad Ovar Mashkenai, they were talking about where he, where, he, where he violated the prohibition, and he took it, and and then you're only obligated to return it to him when he needs it. The Yavid Mahani, because even though you weren't allowed to take it, if you did, it works. It kind of works. So this is the, the sheet of the Ravid, and it's a Chiddush. So the Ravid, again, in order to answer the contradiction, the Ravid comes up with a new idea, which is that in this prohibition, what's unique to this prohibition is that usually when you have a prohibition, you're not allowed to obviously violate it. And if you violate it, if you can fix it right away, then you fix it right away. So, if I would, so without the Ravid, I would say that if you're not allowed to take an object that's, that the guy needs, that, that, that's Eichel Nefesh, so if I did take it, you've got to return it immediately. You, know, you, know, you, can't, you, you can't hold on to it for a second. Says the Ravid, that's not true. In this scenario, the object that's Eichel Nefesh, you're not allowed to take, true. And that includes even a plow, because it's first Parnasa. But says the Ravid, but in this scenario, if you did take it, that means it's yours now. Means that you're allowed. You're allowed to continue possessing it as a mashkin. You just can't take it as a mashkin. But once you took it, you can hold on to it as a mashkin. And now you're just limited to the halachas of a mashkin, like it would be a pillow or a blanket, which again, any object you have to return to him if he needs it when when he needs it. But in terms of the halach of oichel nefesh, that's only lechatchila. But b'diavid, once it was already taken, then we treat it like any other object that's that is taken as a mashkin. It's well, a chiddush from the rivet. No, so that's the Chiddush. He could. No, he could. He could, yeah. Once he took it, and he's kainit, he has certain, like, the halach with a mashkin is that when a, when, a, when a borrower takes a mashkin, again, in a permissible way or whatever, he actually has some monetary rights towards that the mashkin. And so that, those rights kick in, says the Ravid, even though he wasn't allowed, to, wasn't allowed to take it. Once he takes it, those rights kick in. And even though he has to return it to him when he needs it, but those rights remain intact. That, that's the huge chiddush of the right. So you can take it back the next day? You take it back the next day. You no, wouldn't, you would, and, you, and you're not being over anything, because once, you, you already were, and, and it's done. And, the, the, and, the, the, and your, your, zhi, your zchus, your monetary rights to this as a mashkin, is already, it's already done. That's the ending of the right. The right says, Imovin Mahani. He's paraphrasing a Gemara in Tamura, that if you violated it, it, when the Torah says, don't do something, sometimes, it still works if you do. Like, okay, the Torah say, don't do it, but, you know, you did it, you did it. So over here, the same thing. Yeah, you would have, you would have some sort of, I, I wouldn't even be called Gezla. It, it, could be, it could be that this is a uh, uh, sort of an Isser, and it's not really uh, a monetary uh, limitation at all. Monetarily speaking, he has rights to it. Once he takes as a mashkin, he has rights to it, to, like any other mashkin that he can theoretically take. Again, you violated a prohibition in initially taking it, but once it's, once it's taken, it's taken. Now, obviously, let's see, Tysus, for example, that didn't give this answer, so Tysus is assuming that that's, that, that that's not true. If you're not allowed to, Tysus has come with an assumption, which we all assumed until now, which is that if you're not allowed to take this, then, then, then that means you have to return it immediately, and you definitely can't take it back the next day, the next night, right? But that, that's the Chiddush of the Ravid. And, and because of that, Tysus therefore said, okay, we have to rethink what Eichel Nefesh means. The Ravid doesn't want to rethink what Eichel Nefesh means, he, what he wants to say is, okay, you're not allowed to take it initially, but once you take it, now it becomes any other object of collateral that you're just limited to this new halacha of giving it back to him when he needs it. That's one, the Chiddush of the Ravid. One is a, one is a halacha in the moment, it's Mikailas. Yeah. And one is a, a halacha in basically uh, Exactly, exactly. That would be a good gather how to say it, exactly. Why That's the Chiddush of the Ravid. Huh? I'm not saying it's a very chiddush, but that's the shade of the rivet. It's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things. He's breaking our assumption, which is, you know, it's fair. The rivet thought it was poshit. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Third, third teretz, Rajba. The Rajba also, to answer this question, also um, challenges one of the assumptions we've been making. One of the assumptions we've been making this whole time is that when the Pusik says, don't take 
an object of ochel nefesh as collateral, we were assuming it means you're never allowed to take it. Says the Rajvah, that's not what the Pasuk means. All the Pasuk means is, don't take it when he needs it. That's all it means. Says the Rajvah like this, Vitirtsu, the Rajvah records those that answer, Bemashkanai Belayla. That you, that, again, so the question is, if a plow is considered Eichel Nefesh, and the Pasuk says you're not allowed to take anything of Eichel Nefesh as collateral, so what's the, Mishnah, what's the Mishnah talking about a scenario where you're just returning, where you have to return the plow during the day? As if I'm allowed to have it at night. I thought, I'm allowed, I, I thought, I thought Eichel Nefesh objects are off limits. Says the Rajvah, they're not off limits. They're off limits when the guy needs it. <laughs> they're off limits when the guy needs it. In other words, in other words just, like, just like a pillow is off limits, when the guy needs it at night. So a mill is off limits when the guy needs it to cook during the day. Or a plow is off limits when he needs to plow to make a pernasa during the day. But if it's at a time that he doesn't need it, then, then it's fine. Oh, so what's the chit? Oh, oh, very good. So we're going to get there one second. Let's, let's just read what the Rajvah says. Anything, so what's the difference? Right, exactly. So let's just see what the Rajvah says. We'll, we'll get the Vitir too. Says Rajvah, the answer is, that even a plow you're allowed to take at night. Why? Because it's not the time when the guy needs it. And the Torah only prohibited taking an object of Eichel Nefesh at a time when the guy would need it. So that's when, when you're limited. But if, uh, but, if you're not, but if it's not at that time, then it's no problem. Aye, so Shmuel is asking and, and uh, you know, huh? And Isaac is no, so, the, 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 so, so the question is, one second. So, no, so the answer is the steer, technically, because when the, when the Bryce says that you're in violation of taking the, the, the plow as a mashkin, that's talking about when you took the plow during the day, when the guy would need the plow. When the Bryce says that you have to give it back by the day, but you're allowed to have it at night, that's because it's at night. But the problem that Shmuel and, and Isaac are asking is, one second, there's a reason why we were assuming not like this, because there was a new prohibition of loyachbol rochaim v'rochav that you're not allowed to take uh, a, a mill and, a, and, 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 and anything that's eichel nefesh. According to the Rajba, what's the difference between an object of eichel nefesh and a pillow? Everything is, is limited to that rule that you have to return it to him when he needs it. So what's the Rajba talking about? So now he just he just threw out the whole. So what makes eichel nefesh unique now? He just even the playing field with everything. Everything is now the same. So what's unique to Eichel Nefesh? What's, in what aspect is an object of Eichel Nefesh more serious and more chamor and more strict than any object? Every object we're limited, you have to return and certainly you can't take it initially when the guy needs it. So there are two nafkeminis, there are two differences. One difference is as follows. Any object that is not an Eichel Nefesh, a pillow, a blanket. So if you go back to Maramakka number one, the Pasuk said, Ve'emish onihu, if he's a poor person, and Imamish needs this pillow and this blanket, then you have to return it to him when, when he needs it. The, 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 what the chiddish of, of an object of Eichel Nefesh is, that like the Rajbah said, as you, are, you're, you also have to return it. But, you don't, but you're not only obligated to return it when he actually needs it. You have to return it at a time period when it could be used. That was the language of the Rajbah. Again, look at Maramukha number 10. The Rajbah said, Vitir, so the answer is that a plow you're allowed to have, the Mashkan Belayla, when you take it at night, because that's not the time period for plowing. But if it was be during the day, when this is the time period of plowing, even if the person himself, the borrower himself, doesn't need it right now, but this is a time that he would theoretically need it if. If he needed it, this would be the time to do it, because he's not planning at night, then, then you would have to return it as well. So what makes so in other words, all objects fall under the same basic guidelines, which is you, you're only allowed to hold it as a mashkin when it's, un, when it's not needed. But there's different gradations. When it comes to the average object, what does it mean needed and not needed? So it means literally. Does, does the person that you, that you took the mashkin from, does he literally need this or not? If he needs it, then you have to give it back to him. If he doesn't literally need it, then, then you can hold on to it. But when it comes to Eichel Nefesh, yeah, it, it, we're, 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 we're not so specific and so literal. Does he need this right now? He needs his mill during the day. Again, does he need it this second? Does he need it today? You have to check with his wife whether she's making bread today. 
a mill is something that he needs during the day. You, you have to return that. So we're more, we're more, we're more machmer on the requirement of returning Eichel Nefesh objects when they're needed. We're more machmer to return that than we are for other objects. But again, but the, but the basic guideline of returning it only when they need it, that is still true. Take a look at Marmokka number 11, and you'll see this. There's a Tesefta at the end of, it's a mistake, the end of Bometziah in Parag Yud, the Tesefta says the following halacha. And, you, and, and again, we'll see if, if, if this halacha would apply to a pillow and a blanket. Let's say a guy has five mills in his house. He has a collection of, uh, of mills, right? He's so he's not, he's not using all five. He's not an Ani either, right? So he's not an Ani, or whatever. And he certainly is not using, today, all five. You're not allowed to take even one of those mills as a mashkin. I, even if I take one, even if he wants to make a, you know, a whole you know, thing of sourdough, whatever it is, uh, you know, so you have four. You know, no. All, if, it, if it's an object of Eichel Nefesh and it could theoretically be used, then it's off limits. That's the Kiddush. You wouldn't say that with a pillow and a blanket. If a guy has, you know, five blankets and it's just one person, so he doesn't need all five, I'm, I'm, then I can hold on to four overnight. No, no, no. If it's not Eichel Nefesh, if it's a blanket, right? A blanket, we wouldn't be limited like that. Eichel Nefesh, then you're limited. We're much more, we're, we're much more machmer in terms of having to return it. Now, says the, says the Brisa, an interesting halacha, this is a little bit on the side, but... Let's say the guy, I gave the example as like he has a collection, right? But let's say it's Mamash, a collection. Like let's say he has his one mill that he uses and the other ones he just like for decoration. So, so those, those you'll be allowed to take. But we're talking about mills that he uses, he just doesn't need all five today. So then you would have to return all five. Only the mill that he would actually use, that's the one that, you, that you're not allowed to, uh, to take. But I'll go upon him, that's the third answer of the Rajba. That what? That, that you're right. You're, the, this whole idea of Eichel Nefesh, of not being allowed to take objects of Eichel Nefesh, that's only, that's only uh, true. You're only not allowed to take them at a time when they're, when they're needed. Right? That's the, that's the Teretz of the Rajba. So we have three Teretzim so far. Right? You have the Teretz of Taisvis. That Eichel Nefesh means very limited. It means only, only uh, things that you use directly for food. And that's how he answered the problem. Again, it's all based on that contradiction of one place it says you're allowed to take a plow for a mashkin, and one says you're not allowed to take a plow for a mashkin. So says Rabbeinatam, one's plowing, one, I'm sorry, one's a, one place it says a yoke you can, you're allowed to take, one place it says a yoke you're not allowed to take. So says Rabbeinatam, okay, so we're, uh, for plowing, that you're allowed to, that's not Eichel Nefesh. For threshing grain, that's direct contact with food, that is Eichel Nefesh. So again, sheet number one, Teretz Rabbeinatam, Eichel Nefesh is limited to direct contact with food, just like Yantif, number one. The answer of the Ravid, his other answer was that you're right, it applies to all objects that you need for Parnassah, not like Taisvis, not like Rabinatam, but if once you take it as a Mashkin, then your rights you know, kick in and they, and they stay with that. That was the Chiddush, and therefore once you took it, then you're allowed to hold on to it, at least at night when the guy doesn't need it. Teretz number three of the Rajva that the whole idea of not taking objects of Eichel Nefesh is only true when, it's only prohibited from taking it at a time when it's, when it's necessary, when it's being used. But if it's not being used, then you're not allowed to take it. So when the Bryce says you're allowed to take a plow as a mashkin, it's talking about taking it at night when the guy is not going to use it anyway. Those are the three shittas of the, of, of the Rishonim. The final problem is the Rambam. The Rambam doesn't hold of any of these, of any of these answers. So you'll, you'll see in a second. The Rambam in Hilchas Malvoleiva. The Rambam is always the, uh, you know, it's always the interesting one. So the Rambam says like this in Malvoleiva, Parakimel Halacha Beis. So we'll read through the Rambam quickly, where he records this halacha of what of the prohibition of taking objects of Ochel Nefesh, and you'll see that it doesn't match any of those three opinions. Hamalvis Chavero. If I take, if I lend someone money, Bein Shelveu Alamashkin, Bein Shemashkin Achar Halva Biyado Oyal Pibesden. If I lend someone money and now I want to take a mashkin, whether whether uh, uh, you know whether I'm taking the mashkin myself in a permissible way or Bezdin is doing it for me, whatever the situation is, I'm taking a mashkin. Lo yachbol kelim shaisem eichel nefesh. Right? That we're not allowed to take an object that's used for eichel nefesh as a mashkin. So so far he's just quoting the pasuk. Kigain. So the example he gives is again so far 
not uh, too crazy. Rechayim, a mill, harevos shall eats, or a, a big uh, bowl, a wooden bowl for like mixing. The yoyrois, or a pot, shemavashlimbem, they use for cooking. The sakin shall shchita, or a knife they use to shecht. Ukiyetzvem, or any of these types of objects. Shenemar kinefesh uchayvom. As the Pasuk says, you're not allowed to take uh, a mill or anything that the person needs to live. The imchaval, says the Rambam, and if you did take it as a mashkin, machzabal karchai. Then you have to return it against your will. Even if you don't, you have to return it right away. And if, and if the mashkin got destroyed or lost or whatever it is, before you have the opportunity to return it, like it, then you get malchus, you, you violate this prohibition. And another example says the Rambam if you took a plow that's used for plowing, a, a yoke that's used for plowing, that's also like a, that's also considered to be something of Eichel Nefesh. For plowing, so let's let's break it down. On the one hand, the Rambam clearly does not hold like Rabbeinu Tam. Rabbeinu Tam again was one that said that Eichel Nefesh is limited to only things that are used directly for food. So the first examples the Rambam gave that works: a mill, uh, a, a knife for shechting, a pot for cooking. But the last few words that the Rambam said, he's quoting Rashi's interpretation of that Bryce in Marmokka number six that also if a person takes a yoke from a plow, that's also a violation of taking something from Michael Nefesh. So clearly, the Rambam number one is holding of that more expansive version of Michael Nefesh, number one. Number two, nowhere does the Rambam, not only do we have to pay attention to what the Rambam says, you also have to pay attention to what the Rambam does not say. The Rambam nowhere says that this entire prohibition is only true to take something when the guy needs it. Remember the Rajva, right? The Rajva said that the prohibition is only to take the plow or the or the, the mill when it's a time that the person would use it. Ram doesn't say such a thing. Ram says you're not allowed to take these objects as uh, as collateral. Finished. So the Rambam doesn't hold like the Rajva. So we had another opinion of the Ravid that what that the Ravid said. Okay, but if you took it, you're allowed to keep it. The Rambam said also not like that. The Rambam said if you took it, you have to return it right away. So the Rambam is rejecting Rabbi Tam, is rejecting the Ravid, rejecting the Rajva. So Rambam is, is pretty straightforward. Anything that's needed for Parnassa, for example, a plow, you are never allowed to take. And if you take it, you have to return immediately. So the problem is, so the Rambam is now stuck with the, with the contradiction we had. Again, the problem was, one Bryce has said, you're not allowed to take a plow for a mashkin. Yeah, exactly. But the problem is, the Mishnah gave an example of what? Of objects that you're allowed to have as a mashkin, but you just have to return when the guy needs it. And one of the examples was a plow, so I don't get it. So we had Rabbeinu Tam give an answer. You had Ravit, the Rajva, the Rambam was rejecting all of them. So how's, how's the Rambam come? What's, what's the, so what's the scenario? So here's the basic bre- breakdown. In the Rambam, what is the theoretical <laughs> scenario of a person having a plow as a mashkin? How could you ever have a plow as a mashkin? That's something that's needed to, for a livelihood. And if it's needed for a livelihood, it's always off limits. And even if you take it in violation, you have to return it immediately. So what's the scenario of having a plow zamashkin that you only have to give it back at night? That you only have to, I'm sorry, that you only have to give it back during the day when the guy needs it. So the answer is the Rambam himself. In Maramaka number 13, the Rambam, when he records the halacha of, generally speaking, a mashkin that you have, like a pillow or a blanket that you have to return when the guy needs it, the Rambam records this halacha in Maramaka number 13, and he adds... A couple words, and that gives us a new idea. And we'll see if we pick up on it. Says the Rambam in Halachahei, Whether a person collected a mashkin through an officer of the court, or you did it by force, or even if the loiva, even if the borrower voluntarily gives you a mashkin on his own, if the borrower that the mashkin is coming from is a poor person, and the object that you have as collateral is something that he needs, you have to return it to him when he needs it. Right? That's the halacha. So if it's a pillow, it's a pillow. And that, this was the example when the, when the mission said, or if it's a plow, it's a plow. The Ramam said a chiddush. I don't know if you noticed it, but the Ramam said a chiddush. The chiddush is that even that this halacha applies, that again, this halacha, that you have to return it to him when he needs it, applies, not only when the officer of the court got you the mashkin, not only when you took it. 
even if the, if the borrower voluntarily gave you the mashkin on his own volition, and his own, without even being asked, even that type of object, you have to return when he needs it. Now this, this, this is the concept the Rambam is using to answer the contradiction. No, listen, when it comes to the halacha of, 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 of you're limited, you're limited in, in terms of taking an object of Eichel Nefesh. Everyone would agree, though, whether the Ram, Ravid, Rabbeinatam, Raja, whatever it is, if the, if, the, if, the, if the borrower voluntarily gives you something, like the Pasuk that we started this whole, you know, weeks ago, the Pasuk said that you're not allowed to go into his house to take a mashkin. You stand on the outside, the lover brings an object out. So what's the halacha? Let's say the lover brings out to you uh, a pot and pan. So you're listening, no, 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 I can't, I'm not allowed to take it. Is that true? Absolutely not. I'm not allowed to take a pot and pan from you. If you want to give that to me, if you want to give it to me. So what's the scenario? So it says, and it says the Rambam. So even if he brings out to you a pot and pan and you're allowed to take it, but says the Rambam, but if he needs that back, you're obligated to return to him when he needs to cook. So, set, so let me ask you another, so again, let's go back. So what's the scenario in the Rambam's world where a person has a plow as a mashkin and then you have to return it to the farmer when he needs it to plow? The answer is, one specific scenario, if he gave you the plow on his own. And that's exactly how the Rambam came up with this halacha. The Mepharshim asked, how the Rambam knew this? How the Rambam know this? That if the guy voluntarily gives you the object, then you still have to return it to him when he needs it? Who says, maybe that halacha is only true, like every limitation of mashkin. All the halachas of mashkin we've been talking about are talking about scenarios where you're taking it. How do you take it by force? When you're allowed to take it by force? Am I, when I'm taking it, what objects am I allowed to take? But if the guy's giving it to me, give me whatever he wants. You could sell me the Brooklyn Bridge if he wants to. He wants to give me his, he wants to give me his pot and pan, don't take So how the Rambam know, no, yeah, that's, that's all true, you're allowed to take his pot and pan. But this new halacha of returning to him when he needs it, that's true even if he gives it to you voluntarily. How the Rambam know that? The answer is, he's, he's, he's using that to answer the stira between the, between the Mishnah and the Brisa. Again, on the one hand, it says you're not allowed to take a plow because it's an object of Eichel Nefesh. On the other hand, it says if you have a plow as a mashkin, you have to return to him when he needs it. If it's an object of Eichel Nefesh, how in the world am I, am I ever ha- how do I ever have it to begin with? Says the, Raj, says the Ram, okay, so it must be, why do I have it? Because he gave it to me voluntarily. And even though he gave it to me voluntarily, says the, says the Mishnah, return it to him when he needs it. And so that's the Chiddush. That even if the, the lawyer voluntarily gives you an object, in which case you're not limited with what you're allowed to take. He's giving you whatever it is, whatever he gives you, you're allowed to take. But nevertheless, you still have to return to him when he needs it. And that's the, that's the fourth opinion of the Rambam. Yeah, not necessarily. I mean, they don't really talk about it, but I would, I would, assume, I would assume that they would disagree with the Rambam because, again, if you, have, if you hold like the Rambam, that's a pretty simple solution also. So like each shita that's coming up with a new a, a chiddish, we might say it's a big chiddish, it's a small chiddish, Rabbeinu says the Chiddush, Rajba, right? These are Chiddushim. So the Rambam is a pretty straightforward answer if you if you hold of it. So Mistama they don't. Halach Lamaisa. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. That's and, and that's exactly where the lashon is. Layachbal means uh, it, it, again. It might, it's not physically injury, but at least it's giving off the the, the sense of me doing something to him. If he's voluntarily giving it to me, it's because it takes. Is this against the Ravid? The Ravid would agree that if he handed it to me, I can keep it? I think the Ravid would agree. Well, no, the, the Ravid is. Not that I can keep it, that I'm not Ravid. Yeah, yeah, everyone, yeah, that would be the same thing. In other words, the, the Ram is telling us that if he gave it to you, you're not in violation of taking it initially, if he's the one voluntar- voluntarily giving it to you. The Chiddush the Ram is that even if he's voluntarily giving it to you, you're still obligated to return it to him. When he needs it at night, or whatever the, the object uh, might be, right. right? Exactly. Okay, so that's the halach. Halach lemaisa. So, so it is a little bit of a, of a tricky thing in Shulchan Aruch who we hold like, but the Vilna Gaon and others, it, it seems to be the most the big, the, the consensus amongst later Achrayim is we pass like the Rambam, which means that Eichel Nefesh is an expansive term. It means anything that's needed for Parnasa. It means that once you took it, you have to give it back immediately. There's no, uh, it's, no it's not like if you took it, then uh, it's yours now. Not like the Ravid. And also, you're, lim- you're, you're limited in taking it 
all the time. You, you're not, you know, there's no, it's not like you're only not allowed to take it at certain times. You're ne- these, these objects are always off limits. But again, we hold like the Rambam, though, is that if he voluntarily gives it to you, then certainly you're allowed to take it. And despite the fact that he voluntarily gave it to you, you still have to return it to him when he actually does need it. Now, so, and as everything that we said in the Rambam, that seems to be how he passed it. Yeah. No, but the Ram, the Ramam didn't say in in Marmokan number twelve where he talked about the limitations of Eichel Nefesh, the Ramam didn't talk about an Ani. Right, the Raman said, any it, it could be a wealthy person too. These objects are just off limits, and he didn't make any limitation of when they're off limits. They're always off limits. So in Asher, in Asher would no, because in that in that another halacha, no, in that other halacha of of any object that you have, you always have to return it when the guy needs it. It's only if the guy needs it. The guy has five mills. Mills, bad example. If a guy has uh, five blankets, then then I don't have to return all five. I, but if he needs one, I'll give him one. If there are five members of his family, then I'll return all five. You know what I'm saying? But 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 it's not. Uh, but but the Eichel Nefesh thing is is, is not limited to that. Huh? So that's the Rambam's Chiddush. That even though he gave it to you, you still are obligated to return it when he needs it. That's the that's that's the Ram is, is telling us in order to answer this theory. That's the the Chiddush Ram, and that's how he seems to be asking it. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So it's definitely love. It's a prohibition. That's a discussion. The truth is, I wasn't going to get into that. No, no, right, 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 right. So that that's a, that is a big discussion. We weren't going to get into this because it's, it's a little bit, you know. Beyond the scope, whatever, but uh, but that, that is a big discussion. The Rishonim, like to understand the Allah, getting Malchus in this in this scenario, because there's a general rule of alav shenitik lase. Any prohibition that you can theoretically, so to speak, fix, then you don't get Malchus for it. You you have to fix it. So over here, there's an easy fix in terms of giving it back. The Ravid, you could think about that. I don't know if it's fixable. I mean, the, you know, once you took it, you sort of own it already. Uh, I could give it. I guess I could give it back and, and relinquish my, my rights to it. But that, that's that's a sugi by itself. But, but that's the that is a discussion. Yeah. Would he have a scenario that that Bezdin would enforce taking such a thing? How would you ever have a scenario like that? Well, we had a, let's say the guy we, we had that in the last time. If a Bezdin can theoretically take a mashkin, um, if he left it outside or if he's outside but, but found with it. No, no, no. Thirteen is no, no, no. Yeah. So what? Even in Ishani has to give a mashkin. They would just have to return it when he needs it. Uh-huh. Eichel Nefesh is, again, Eichel Nefesh is off limits, but, but uh, other objects is not. Okay, so transitioning to Pneumius. Well, we, again, Rabinatam, Rajva, Ravid, Rambam. But we have this new idea is that there is certainly some level of limitation in terms of being able to take an object of Eichel Nefesh. That, that certainly we have. And, and what we see is, by the way, like, like we've been pointing out, it's not necessarily because he's poor and he needs it. Just he's rich. These objects that are used for Eichel Nefesh, they're off limits. Again, in the Rambam, it's extremely off limits. Anything in the sugya of of sustaining his life is always off limits forever. Okay, other Rishonim are a little bit more lenient in terms of either definitions of Eichel Nefesh or lechatchila uh, versus b'diavad or when you're not allowed to take it. But whatever it is, it boils down to this new idea is that for some reason, these objects you're not allowed to take. Again, with its varying degrees. But there's something about Eichel Nefesh over here. So, it's a, so what's the Indian? So Marmalka number 14. So once again, we'll uh, see a piece from the Kamarna. The Eitzar Achaim. So in his Sefer on Targ Mitzvahs, so he says like this. Mishar Shem Mitzvah. Well, misprint. Mishar Shem Mitzvah. What's the root of this Mitzvah? So what does it mean? So in the Kisra area we find the following idea. Is that there's two I, I've spoken about this in other occasions too. There there are two levels of Shafa. There are two distinct 
sort of dimensions of energy, of divine energy, the Rabbani Shalom Kivyachal, so to speak, extends to the universe. One, the language of the Arizal, one is described as chitzainius ha'ilamis, external, the, the external universe, you know, and pnimius ha'ilamis. What does that mean? So, and, and, the, and these are the words of the, of the Arizal. The shefa of pnimius ha'ilamis comes and goes. Depends. If we deserve it, it'll come. If we don't deserve it, it'll stop. Chitzainius ha'ilamis that's always coming. It's always coming. So what does that mean uh, practically? So the reason it explains, it means like this. It means that the, the, the energy that Rabbanu Shalom sends to the world to, to sustain the world physically. Now, that, we should, that the world should, should keep on going. Like Hashem promised at the end of the Mabel, Kharj yeah, the world's going on. You don't have to worry about uh, global warming, that the world is going to end. It'll, it'll, you may have to worry about global warming in terms of changing wardrobe, and uh, maybe even uh, moving out of California, I don't know. So they might have to do, maybe certain parts of the world that are on top of the water now, maybe it will be less. But in terms of the whole world just uh, having to find a new home planet, you don't have to worry about that. The chef of goes on, that's true, and we'll see in a second, it's true even on an individual level as well. In terms of Pneumius Eilimus, that's the level of Shafa that we would call Meichen, spiritual sensitivity, godless hanefesh, a person developing and growing in terms of understanding and awareness and spiritual uh, clarity and, 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 and prophetic experiences and so on, on, on whatever level, that, that uh, comes and goes based on your, your worthiness. So let's see the words themselves. Mishor Mitzvah, so the concept over here of not taking a mashkin, with, from an, with an, as an object, not taking an object of oichel nefesh as a mashkin, is in order not to blemish and 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 diminish. The yichud that that causes the flow of of chias of energy of chitzanis oilmas. Sheina poisik afilurega because that chias does not end even for a second. Because objects that are used for oichel nefesh are, it's not a metaphor, they're reflective of the, 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 the light, let's put it this way, the borrower and his objects of Eichel Nefesh are reflective of, of, of the union the Rabbani Shalom has with the world in terms of sustaining us physically, of keeping the world going in Chitzayinus Eilamus, in the outer dimension of things. And that's, that's what it means, Eichel Nefesh, it's, it's, it's what keeps the world going, what sustains the world. Kivichinus Nefesh, and there's the word nefesh. Nefesh is always a code word. Like the soul in English is just the word soul. In Hebrew, you have nefesh, ruach, neshama. Nefesh always means that part of the soul that's connected intimately to the body. That's just there to keep a person alive. The, the, right. It's, it, in the language of the Gra, nefesh is called shitufa the gufa, the partner of the body. So that, that, that part of the soul, is, is, it's there just to sustain the body, to keep it going. That's called oichel nefesh. That's called oichel nefesh. And as the objects that are used for Eichel Nefesh are reflective of the flow of energy the Rebbe sends to the world to sustain Nefesh, to sustain Nefesh. And that's not going anywhere. It can't go anywhere. So he says, Kibachinus Nefesh, the Nefesh which is needed to sustain the world for whatever we need to keep going, that does not leave. Even when there's a time of sin, there's no higher parts of spiritual sensitivity. The Ruach, and then a shama that might leave. If this was not true, then the person did navera, and at the moment of navera, certainly there's a disconnect between him and uh, and the rabbanu shalom on some level. Then the person would drop dead. Why is he not dropping dead? Because the the, the flow of energy from the rabbanu shalom to this person in terms of chitzonis, in terms of nefesh, is not being affected by that there. It's not it's not increased by mitzvahs, and it's not necessarily decreased by averus. And therefore, every mitzvah that we have in Torah, every one of the 613, is always about mimicking and, 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 and sort of uh, embodying the rules that the Rabbani Shalom sets up in, in, in the universe. Just as the Rabbani Shalom wouldn't take Eichel Nefesh from us, just like the Rabbani Shalom doesn't take those components necessary to allow our Nefesh to keep on going, even when we owe him. The Rabbani Shalom doesn't take that. Even though we, we sin and we, we sort of are in debt. So, the Rebbe doesn't remove the Nefesh. 
person passes away when the time is up, but he's not, it's not because of that. So, so to you. Even if your friend owes you money or owes you, owes you something, don't take the nefesh part of who he is. Listen, the other part is you don't have to be his best friend. But the nefesh, that you don't do, just like the Rebbe doesn't do such a thing. And so that's the, uh, that's the side of here. Again, so I, you have to, I, I, you know, I didn't have, I put this together relatively quickly because I didn't have time to sort of think the different sheetas and how these things work. But this is the general, I, I usually try to like get a little bit more, you know, bring them all together. But I, I guess I'll leave that as homework. You know, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have uh, showed all my cards. I'm leaving it as homework for you to figure out how exactly all the sheetas fit within this construct. But this is the general idea. Is that just like the Rabbi Shlaylam, the Zivug, so to speak, the Yichr of Chitzani Soilamis, that is untouchable. The Rabbi doesn't take it even if we don't deserve it, and we owe him, he doesn't take that as collateral from us. So, so too, we don't take that as collateral from another Yichr. No. So, Hashem should help us, just like the, the Chiyas of Chitzani uh, Soilamis is always. So, Rabbi should also be Mashpia, Panimis Soilamis, and Shagat Adagolis, and the Harvey Main Wamein. Okay, I'm sure.